I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. We are live now on the clean feed about to come at you with a brand new episode of very unreasonable things. What? What is it? What is it, Josh? Are, are you introducing the podcast? Yeah, I'm introducing the podcast. I just, we just went live. Of course we're introducing the podcast. Okay. Yeah, we're already, okay. we were already no, you- live on the uh, we're already live on Twitch. This is live for Clean Feed. Yes, I am introducing the podcast. Welcome to uh, Very Unreasonable Things. I'm Billy Bone, and joining me is Josh Lindsay. Howdy. So, how's it been going, Josh? It's okay. Thank you for asking. Nobody well, ever asks. You know, we haven't talked about this um, yet, but, you know, my daughter's going to be 16 in july so she's got a learner's permit oh shit so i let her drive uh when she was visiting you know she told me like her mom lets her drive and apparently she's actually driven on the interstate i'm not letting her drive on the interstate here yeah uh, just interstate in mississippi you know in rural town mississippi is a lot different than the interstate in the metro areas like i wouldn't let her drive in jackson either if I was still in Mississippi, but anyways, I let her drive. Yeah. We, uh, we went to the store one day and I was like, you want to drive? She's like, you're going to be driving your Bronco. I'm like, yeah. And they get on in. So when she gets behind the wheel, once we start driving, the first thing she does, she's like, and now remember, she's been here for a couple of days at this point. You know, we've talked we've already mm-hmm. had a three hour car ride together. You know, when I've picked her up, she's just like, cash. She's like, so, How's it going? How's things been with you? <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, no, I need to talk when I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's, uh, seen any good movies lately? That's adorable. I'm like, this is that's weird. Adorable. Yeah, that's that's cute though. Oh God, sixteen, man. Yep. 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 Part of a part of me wishes that like I'd had another child mm. because Bailey's almost grown up and I just feel like I'm going to miss that. <clears throat> I get it. Yeah. One day I'll be 16 and you'll have the same feelings. I already have it kind of now. Like if I, you know, if the the rare chance I get to like hold a baby, yeah, you do get the those feelings like man, I, I miss this so much. Yep, because it goes fast, goes it fast. Yeah, I, God, God, like two more years and she'll be out of fucking high school and <laughs> shit. Uh, Legally an adult. Yep. yep. 
I will, I will say this too. Like she's, she's got a better head on her shoulder, her age than I did at that age. Like she knows what she wants to go to college for and everything. Man, when I was 16, I was just thinking about that Metallica concert. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, oh, I was, I was a baby at 16. I wouldn't even go into Metallica concerts at 16. Yeah. No, I don't, around that age. No, I think my first concert, sadly, was like around 17. Yeah. Better than Ezra. Better than Ezra. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And like, I, I was so nervous, you know, even being in like Hal and Miles, you know, because yeah. I'm 17, you know, but it's a concert and I just like, so scared that I wasn't even singing along to the songs, you know. I was just standing there like a psycho who's about <laughs> to shoot up the place, you know. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and I knew all the songs. I knew all the songs. But, yeah. yeah. Remember, and this, this has nothing to do, I know we were talking about our kids and shit, and then we transitioned to uh, awkward concert phases. Yeah. But since since we're talking about concerts, man, uh, you remember when we got kicked out of Old Crow Medicine Show? I do, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day because that you know I listen to Old Crow uh, semi regularly still, you know. And uh, I'm it 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 came back to me with a with a bullet of like us getting kicked out. But not only that, like I I know the the musician's name Willie Watson. He was standing by his tour bus, and you were like, "Hey, man." You, you tried to like say something to him and he was, he would, yeah, he was so like, could not be bothered. Yeah. Cause we're, I mean, all three of us were drunk, but Drew was just next level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was gonna say, I don't remember, uh, trying to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we got kicked out right at the end. Yeah. But we still missed wagon wheel. And Angel from Montgomery. Yeah. Which so. I think was, um, yeah. But we lingered long enough for like Willie Watson to be outside, like the band had quit and standing by the tour bus. I say tour bus. It was mainly, you know, like one of those. Yeah, I guess it was a tour bus, you know. <laughs> hey, man, good show. <laughs> yeah, all right. Whatever, man. <laughs> oh, man. He's, he was too cool for us. <laughs> oh, yeah man. it was still a good time even though we got kicked out no and and you know in, in Drew's defense they kicked him out over some bullshit yeah I mean it was just straight up bullshit yeah cause you couldn't have you couldn't have decided that he fell because he was drunk based on the way he fell cause the way he fell The way he fell was just, um, it's like one of those things where it could happen. Like, I've lost my balance like that, uh, being sober. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, yeah, me too. Was, yeah. It was like he was stumbling. He just had a, it was like an awkward step. And then yeah. he caught himself. You know, he didn't even like hit the ground. Yeah. You know, if you're a proper drunk, then, you know, you might bust your ass. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I've, uh, I lived here in Stockholm for like eight years now. Right. And, um, 
anytime me and Reese and some more people, anytime that we're like, not necessarily bar hopping, but just changing bars, you know, walking to the next one, the doorman, if they hear me speaking and my deep Southern draw, yeah, everybody else around us can be drunk, drunker or as drunk as me and not even drunk you know, have a couple of beers in you, they will not let me in. Really? Yep. It's happened multiple times. They're like, nah, you, (sighs) um, I don't know. I don't know. It's something like they think I'm probably a drunk Texan with my accent. (laughs) I guess. I mean, I, you can't distinct, you know, if you don't, if you don't hear the accent a lot, you can't distinguish Texas from you're Mississippi. Not, uh, you're not like walking up to the bar and being like, howdy, partner. I mean, I do say howdy. That is my thing. But like, I won't even say anything to the doorman. They'll just stop me. Like, I'm not even in the bar. Because they have security posted up outside, you know? Yeah. And, th- and they'll stop me and be like, nah, he can't come in. I've been, I've been, me and my buddy Jacob, we were sitting there uh, having a few drinks at this uh, New England-based, Boston-based, I should say, sports bar that exists in Sweden called O'Leary's, and uh, it's all over Sweden, and it's all, and it, and it's, and it's crazy because it's nothing but pictures of like Boston sports, Tom Brady pictures everywhere, you know. Yeah. And we were leaving there one night, went down to the subway, and Jacob's tall he's a little bit taller than you um and we're sitting there talking at the subway now we're both (laughs) we're both like equally drunk right yeah but i'm talking and security comes up (laughs) because they this is in the podcast this is horrible podcasting (laughs) what when your daughter (laughs) yeah Seven-year-olds. Okay, okay. Honestly, that can't feel hurt. good. No, it does. Stop, stop. But that's because you said that. Yeah, you are not nice. Getting head-butted. I know. It's like All right, good night, Joke your dog over there. I know. Hey. I kiss. James. And we're sitting there talking. And, you know, they have like rent-a-cops here in Sweden. You know, security. Yeah. They don't really have any power. They can, you know, zip tie you and call the cops if there's problems, you know. But judiciously, they don't, you know, there's nothing. And there was a couple down there. And they came up to Jacob because they heard me speak in English, you know. And again, I'm an American. I'm from Mississippi. I'm going to talk a little bit louder than most. And they come up to Jacob. They're like, he can't ride the subway. And they're, and they're speaking to him, Jacob, in Swedish. And Jacob's like, why? And they're like, he's too drunk. You know, you need to take a bus. It's still fucking public transportation. What the fuck are you talking about? And Jacob's like, we're heading home. And they tried to make a big deal out of it. You know, they finally left. But it's something with this um, uh, American South accent, man. I don't know. They don't know what to do with it. They just assume they, you're drunk all the time? Maybe. 
Or they're intimidated. Intimidated. <laughs> she she gave me the sign like this to be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> like like she was sneaking up on me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, baby. I wasn't. Isla, close that door. This is good podcasting. Close That's, the door. Close the door. Dad, so I'm going to run. Okay. Speaking of drunks, you want to talk about deep red? I don't see the correlation, but no, I guess there is. There is. There is. Sorry. Uh, maybe we can hold off on that until. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I think she just likes seeing herself. Oh, uh, yeah, on the screen? Yeah. I mean, she has no idea what any of this is. She yeah. just... You guys are podcast. I like you guys. Can listen. I love... Go, boo. Is this going to be the best podcast? Yeah, well, it's... They're very rarely good, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could talk about Deep Red now. Well, you know what? Before we talk about Deep Red. Oh, man. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up because this has nothing to do with anything. I just thought about it. Dude. So, you know Dirty Santa, the game Dirty Santa, right? Of course. Yeah. You know, in other places, they call it White Elephant. Mm-hmm. Which I have no idea what the fuck, where that came from. But whatever. So last year we did, you know, White Elephant, you know, with my mom and uh, my brothers and the family. So I thought this year. The worst podcasts are the best. What? The worst are the best podcast. It's definitely more towards bad than good. That is not joking. Yeah, it's not joking. Yeah. This is going to be the best one ever. It's the best. It's the best day ever. Pretty good day. So anyway. So, you know, this year uh, I was like, and you know, the rule of like Dirty Santa is to buy something that you won't be against if you get stuck with it, right? Or at least that's what I was always told. Buy a gift that if you get stuck with it, you won't regret it. Feel bad about it. Yeah, but the way the game's set up, like you well, if other What's the chances of you getting stuck with it? Well, if other people bring shitty gifts, you might just be like, well, I wonder what this package is. And you're like, oh, I wonder who brought this. But anyways, so this year I bought a deep fryer. What was the price limit on this? $20. Can you get a deep fryer for $20? Uh, you can on like Best Buy's deal of the day. Okay. So, yeah, I ended up buying a deep fryer, but it's it's the smallest fucking deep fryer, I guess, that you can buy. It's literally made for, like, a single person. I didn't know it was going to be so small when I bought it, but, like... Like four cheese oh sticks? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, like, you see my hands? Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how big That's how big it was. I think it was tiny, but I've been using the hell out of it. Oh, you ended up with it. This yeah. this is where it... Well, no, so the yeah, I ended up with it, but um that's because the game didn't happen. 
nobody told me that we weren't doing Dirty Santa this year. So I roll up with this poorly wrapped gift. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for Dirty Santa, White Elephant. They're like, oh, yeah, we're not doing that. I'm like, oh. They're like, yeah, we forgot to tell you. Sorry. I'm like, oh. So I was like, so thankfully, I had bought something that I wouldn't mind getting stuck with. So now I got this little bitty ass deep fryer that, you know, I cook like 10 tater tots at a time in. 10 tater tots. It's a little more than that, but it's not, it's not much. It's a, it's a small deep fryer. <clears throat> Do you still have that deep fryer though? Yeah. Yeah. It's the other one? one? Yeah. So now I have a deep fryer and an air fryer. My air fryer is huge though. Can I have a dual basket ninja air fryer? Mm-hmm. Man. I wish I had a crock pot and an air fryer. Do you have a crock pot? No. Yeah. I guess that's more like for families, I guess. Well, no, you can use it to make rotel and stuff. Yeah. I know. But you're, I mean, I don't know. Crock pots are for people who drink coffee. It's probably good. To... The The problem I've run into is just not having enough space. I mean, you, you should know what I'm talking about. You run about. out of space pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, because we both live in like one-bedroom apartments. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's just a matter. It's like, where are you going to put shit? I need to buy some more bookcases. To put the air fryer on? Well, no, not the air fryer, <laughs> but just other shit. Like, I still, I sh- you can see it in the corner right there. Oh, hell. Hold on. I meant to do that. I've been giving away the uh, whole screen here. But like that uh, Leatherface statue that Chris got me for Christmas, I haven't got a place to put it yet. Yeah, bookshelves are nice, too. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the story. You know, I know it was riveting, and it's, it's really, like, padding the runtime. And I, oh. I, I should have shaved. Oh, buddy, yeah. we're going to need some padding. We're going to need some of that padding. Paddening. Yeah, I was going to say, you said padding uh, yeah. the first time. I think of the words. Uh, yep. It's, I'll accept it. It's good. It sounds all right, right? Padding. Yeah. Padding. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Deep Red. Yeah. Direct by Dario Argento with music by the Goblins. Again. Well, I guess this is the first time. But it's the second time for us hearing Goblins. Uh... Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just come out and be totally honest. I watched this today. Spoiler alert, I liked it. I don't remember anything about it. Today I watched it. <laughs> um, don't worry. I I tried to take more notes this time. Yeah. So I've, I've actually got like three and a half pages of notes. Holy shit! I mean, okay. I'll just, I'll run down these bitches. Just like, man, yeah, you're doing you're I'll, doing the heavy lifting. So, we'll we'll <laughs> we can uh we can be experimental this episode if you want. I'll just read a note and then we'll talk about it. I think that's how a lot of podcasts work. Okay, so the one thing normally I get the budget and I get the box office and I get the other actors. But it's I hard didn't. with these Italian movies. Yeah. What's important with this movie is the two things that I, and for me anyway, the two things I named Dario Argento and the goblins. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's in my notes, 
and I'll I'll say this just off the rip, uh, just put it out there. I love the deep red theme, like that the goblins made the theme for the movie. Like, oh, I'm gonna put it out there. Um, I love Goblin, and and if there is an Argento movie with a Goblin score, there is a baseline that this movie will not be bad. Like, it might not be that good, I guess, but like after watching this and Tenebrae, Argento and Goblin, peanut butter and jelly, baby. Yeah, it is. Perfect. Yeah, the, the yeah, and like the score in Suspiria, like the music they do there. Yeah, is it is it Goblin or Goblins? I thought it was Gob. I thought it was singular. It may be, and I just maybe. But I'm. Yeah, you might be padding it. Uh, yeah, padding it. You know what? Uh, did I pull up uh, the Wikipedia? I did not. Let me pull something on my phone real quick. I was. I meant to have this pulled up so I could have like. Well, you took three and a half pages of notes. What you need Wikipedia for? Well, because now, yeah, it's Goblin. You're right. So not the Goblins, but Goblin, singular. But yeah, dude, that deep red. I said that deep red theme. Though, like the you watched it with subtitles, so you know which one was the deep red theme because it said on the screen "deep red theme" playing. Mm. And that, uh, and that, that main theme though, like I said, I just love it. It sounds so good. I mean, Tenebrae, Suspiria, this. I want these soundtracks on vinyl. Like, yeah. I want to hold this and just and listen to it. Like, I, caress mm. it. Give the little yeah. couple kisses. Uh, just go in the bathroom with it just for six minutes. Just give me six minutes in the bathroom with it. Uh, but, oh, yeah. And, and it is funny, though, because... This is probably my least favorite of the three Argento movies I've seen. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the Goblin score and in terms of Argento. I'm a, I mean, I'm going to put that out there. We're not covering Suspiria, though. But this score goes kind of crazy at times, too. Like, it 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 does this this Goblin thing, which is like experimental... Uh, electronic music, you know, heavy synthesizers, like the birth of that. But they also like, because, you know, there was a composer to this besides Goblin. And I, and I want to say it's the composer. Like there's just this weird jazz music that's happening throughout the movie too. Which I guess makes sense because of the story, you know? Yeah. A little bit, but it, it's not bad. You just notice it, you know? You're like, oh, that's a little odd. So, you ready for the first note? Yeah, I've, I I took notes up and yeah, because the only thing I said was this lady's, Helga's reaction to having a vision is pretty fun. Yeah. Well, and I think I got that right. <clears throat> Not that exactly wrote, off, wrote down, but what I do is like I, the film starts off with a woman speaking to an audience uh, and she has this ability to not see the future, but feel things as they happen. Yeah, it's almost like emotions. They called it parapsychology. 
but it's kind of like telepathy, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's odd. They don't, thankfully the movie doesn't linger with that. Yeah. Cause I think this movie could have, if it would have kept down that trajectory of like parapsychology, it could have been a completely different and maybe worse movie. Yeah. And then she says she can feel death in the audience. Someone is having murderous thoughts. And it's these three, three people talking. Yeah. And it's sort of like this conference, but not a conference because it's Argento. So the backdrop is this beautiful red that just fucking pops off the screen. And you have these three people um, sitting there talking and they're like in this like old, old Roman theater. And this lady reminded me of, and tell me if you got this, she reminded me of Barbara Crampton a little bit. I didn't think that. You didn't think that? Yeah, something no. about it. I'm not saying that it, you're you're wrong. I'm just saying I didn't. You didn't it, see so it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's funny because my third note is I like the red desk and backdrop. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Was the desk red as well? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And, you know, and what I found actually, and this is going to sound so stupid or, or I'm going to sound stupid and somebody's going to be like, well, of course it's that way. But I, I noticed that there was a lot of red in the movie. Yeah. Like you just see like red objects throughout the movie. You know, Argento loves those colors, you know, mm-hmm. he loves colors that pop on screen. Yeah. So she, she's, she can tell like somebody's having murderous thoughts and she points at the person and she's like, you, and then that person gets up and leaves. And you see the POV of them getting up. Yeah. If she has this ability and if it's legit, like, why didn't she... anybody stop this person? Yeah. Because they left after you called them a murderer. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe that's important to be like, uh, hey, I just figured somebody's a murderer and they got up and left and, you know. But now we're just like, yeah, fuck it. All right, let's go back to the apartment. And I, th- you know, I got the feeling, and you can tell, you tell me if you thought differently, but the way they were having this conference, I just kind of thought that this woman was passing through, almost kind of like in Tenebrae, you know, when he was, he wasn't local to the area, but he was staying there for a little bit. But apparently this Helga lady is actually set up in the area because she has the apartment below mm-hmm. uh, it above or below Marcus. Mm-hmm. But I, but listening to her talk, you almost feel like this is like a, they're on the circuit. You know? Yeah. Like a guest speaker. Yeah. Yeah. Going from location yeah. to location. I can't imagine like how big the market is for you just to have conferences in the same town over and over. Well, I'd, I have to assume that, it's huge. Yeah. And Sunday nights you sell out, you know, the matinee. And you're like, well, they're they're playing next week. 
on a Thursday at two o'clock. There'll only be about 20 people in there. I'll, I'll get tickets then, you know, I'll, I'll skip work early Thursday. I mean, parapsychology, 1975, Rome, all the rage. I, that's what I'm assuming. We get Helga back in her apartment, though. Oh, and... these, these beautiful fucking apartments. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she's in her apartment, though, and I can't just, uh, I watched this yesterday also. <laughs> you watched, you said you watched it. Today, I watched it today. I watched it yesterday, and um, I, I have the same problem, like, trying to remember a mm-hmm. little thing that happened. That's why I got, you know, three and a half pages of notes today. But she hears something at the door, right? And so well, she's she, on the phone, yeah. Yeah, and she goes to the door, and the door just gets thrown open, and she just starts getting hacked. Yeah, with like this cleaver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, so we get a death, and you know, it's you see some special effects, and they're good special effects, but the violence isn't the same as like what we come to expect from, like, say, Fulci. I was going to say the same thing. There is a big difference between Fulci and Argento. And I've only seen one Fulci. But that movie was enough for me to be like, okay, this guy, he revels in this. Yeah. And you can see where their sensibilities are at. mm -hmm. Where, you know, Argento pulls back after the kills. You know, you see it happen, but you you still get a little bit of the graphicness. But he pulls back. If that was Fulci... We just saw that until like she got hacked through her shoulder completely and split in half or something. No, something with her eye or her nipple. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah the cleaver would have cut her eye in half. Yeah. Oh man, so and we actually, me and Chris watched another Fulci movie the other day on that night flight service I told you about. Mm-hmm. Which, man, I can't stress this enough. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, it's just, I didn't even know this was something I needed in my life. But that night flight service, I'm going to keep that because it just, those old B movies on there and stuff, man, just scratching itch. Yeah. And we watched, me and Chris watched City of the Living Dead. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. yeah. Was it good? Uh, it was all right. But it, it it's still like an experience. But as far as like the quality of the movie, it was it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, New York Ripper was weird. Yeah, but this one like suppose it had like zombies in it, but they would disappear and reappear. It was weird. You would need it was weirder than New York Ripper. You would need to watch. Yeah. It. Graphic. It's Fulci. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's one scene where he a drill goes through somebody's temple and comes out the other side. So, and that was ten minutes. <laughs> it did. You know what? It did linger on the shot because you see him like slowly pulling the head towards it. Oh, Jesus! Yeah. Who did Cannibal Holocaust? Who was that? I don't remember that guy's name. Because I, I don't want to say you had the big three in Italian horror, but there's not, 
There's only like a handful that like people know, you know? Yeah, but I think you did have a big three. So, I mean, I think you're accurate on that statement. Yeah, like Fulci, Argento, and this is Diodato. I would have but said I think that. there's another one. Brava? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Which, and we haven't covered any Brava movies. Mm-mm. But yeah. So definitely uh, going to keep Night Flight for a little while, though. Just because, like I said, I didn't know I needed these exploitation. Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you hear about this at? Probably Facebook, honestly. I think it just popped okay. up one day on Facebook. Okay. So we get to, have to we get to meet our main character, Marcus Daly. Yeah. Who I'm gonna say this before you say it. Just because I don't know why, but it seems like something and yeah, I'm sure you noticed it too though, because you know you're a smoker actually. But this man never once no, actually no likes Ex-smoker. Oh, did you quit? Yeah, I've been quit for like four years now. Oh, well, good for you. I thought you were still smoking. But yeah, you notice that Marcus like constantly has a cigarette but never lights it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I mean, it became just like a <coughs> a gag. Yeah. You know, like, well, let's just keep this going. Let's just. Yeah. So we get, we, like I said, we get introduced to Marcus and he's, you know, he walks up and the first thing I notice is these sets. Mm-hmm. These sets are so beautiful and grand. Like, uh, he comes up and he's talking to a uh, Carlo who's his friend. And we find out that they're both piano players but Carlo plays to survive. Marcus plays for the arts of it. Yeah. So Carlo's supposed to, he's playing. You see this little like bar off to the side, which is apparently where he's playing at that night. But he's got like a little break, and so he's just you know, sitting out there, f- drunk off his ass. Yeah. And you know he's apparently such a drunk. That he's in danger of being fired from playing at this this little bar. Cause he's like, I gotta get back or they're gonna can me for real this time. Or something no. like that. So it was inter- it's interesting that both of these characters are piano players. And you get the uh the differences between the two brought to the forefront right off the bat. And it's important that you you know Carlos here right now for later on in the story. So while he's talking to Carlo, Carlo, you know, Carlo finally goes back to the, uh, the bar. Helga, who was the girl talking at the beginning of the, uh, the movie in the conference, whatever, she gets hit in the back of the head and her throat slams down on some broken glass. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really see the effects of, uh. Because it, it's such a quick cut to when she falls face first into the glass. You see the effects when Marcus runs up there yeah. and he pulls her off. And there's just like these giant shards of glass just 
hanging out of her neck. Not really hanging, they're stuck there. But yeah, that's uh, it's m- the most graphic maybe the movie gets. Where is well, it? no, there's some later stuff. But did you get the hint or did you get the vibe that I kind of read it like Carlo was Marcus's student? Because it feels like there's an age difference and he is a teacher. I didn't get okay. that. That may be. I, I never thought about that. Yeah, because you don't find out that Marcus is uh, you know, teaching until later because he mentions yeah. it in the comment. I just, I got the opinion that they were peers. Carlo just seems younger. Like early 20s for some reason. But I don't know. Mm. But yeah, and you know, you were talking about these sets. It's, there's a scene um, that is disrupted by Helga getting killed to where they stop and have this conversation in front of this statue and Argento just frames it to where like Carlo and Marcus are on that, the other end of the statue that's in the street. And it's hum- It's a big fucking statue. I can't tell you what it is, but it's more long than high. Yeah. And it's just like this beautiful shot of these, you know, these two guys talking and then we get the scream, you know, Marcus runs up and yeah, we got our first victim. And after Helga dies, obviously we'll get into what happens, but we don't get another death for like 50 minutes. Yeah. So this movie didn't have a huge body count. No, it, uh, there's a lot of like exposition in the movie. I will say this. If that had been Fulci, those glass shards would have went through the eye. Oh, and yeah, somehow found their way to her cooch. So Marcus is first on the scene. He sees that his neighbor's dead. And he looks out the window and he sees somebody leaving in a brown overcoat. And he sees Carlo. Because the movie wants to let you know Carlo's not a suspect. Well, actually, you kind of know that. But Carlo was framed in the shot, right? Was he not? No, because I think he had to have been because Marcus asked him later on. He's like, did you see somebody in a a brown coat? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, no, yeah. You know, he's just fucking drunk and he's an unreliable source. Yeah, but they purposely have, I thought, Carlo in the shot to where, you know, for the end, you know. Well, I think, I don't think that they want you to think that Carlo isn't a suspect. I think they want you to think that, well, I don't know. Because he, we'll, we'll get to it. I don't want to get ahead. I don't want to get too far ahead. But, of myself, he, but, no. but look, it's fine. It's fine with this movie. But it is funny. Like, um, you watch enough of these movies. You don't even have to watch a lot of them. But you start, you know, 
uh, becoming the detective of the movie. You know, you're trying to figure it out, right? Along with the main character. And with this one, um, and to a lesser degree, Tenebrae, but this one, you'll have characters that just disappear for large swaths of the movie. Like, um, we're about to talk about, um, Argento's muse, uh, the character, the journalist. Yeah. She came in and then she, she seems important. They even have a scene of her and Marcus and they call it Indian wrestling, which, okay, it's arm wrestling. I don't know why you'd call it Indian wrestling just to prove that she's strong that she's strong enough to be a killer. Yeah. That's the way I read it. And and she's gone. We see, like two scenes up front, three, and then she's gone for like an hour. And so you're just sitting there clocking it being like, well, you know, it's like scream. You know, if we watch scream now for the first time mm-hmm. and you notice that Billy and Stu have just fucking disappeared especially uh billy just fucking disappeared from the movie you know and then show up you know you can't tell me that kevin williams williamson you know wasn't a fan of giallo movies you know in a way because it's it kind of has that same pitter patter yeah yeah but yeah but this movie toys with that I got with, you know, I got the same feeling that you did when it came to, uh, God, I got her name, Gianna. That was her mm-hmm. character's name. I got the same feeling that you did where they're like going through all of this to establish essentially that she could be the killer because well, she's physically yeah. capable. Because yeah. Marcus makes that comment. He's like, well, you know, women are weaker. They're more delicate. They're, you know, there's differences between men and women. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, let's see. And they have that arm wrestling and she immediately slams them. And he's like, oh, wait, 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 oh, you was ready with it, blah, blah, blah. And so they do it again and she ends up beating him again. And then he gets all pissy. You know, you could tell like. Oh, yeah. His manhood was. Yeah, hurt. yeah. exactly. And he's. She's just like, we well, you know, let me, you know, come with you, whatever. And he's like, no. And she's like, when are we going to see again? He's like, never. <laughs> but before, before we get to that, I want to, I do want to talk about this. So we already talked about the beautiful set pieces. That was, and that's literally what my note says, beautiful set mm-hmm. pieces. But then the uh, next note, and this has to do with John is what a shitty car. Oh my God. Dude, that, that fucking car. So she's like, no, no, no. I have to get in this door first and slides over to the driver's side. And then he gets in and the fucking seat falls. And then he locks the door. And she's like, no, no, don't lock the door. I like how many things can be wrong with this one vehicle? Well, how much do you get paid being a journalist? Like you can't upgrade a little, you know? And it was such like this shitty European car. You know, that yeah. only existed in Europe. Like these fucking, it looked like a clown car. Like a gag would be like 30 clowns get out of it. That's how yeah. small it was. And that's such yeah. a weird scene, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, because it, it it's it sets up nothing. Yeah, there's no payoff to it or anything like that. There's no. It's just we're in this car and it's like, oh shit, now we got to call somebody to get us out. Yeah, the car doesn't come back. You know, like it would have. The, the way they almost set it up, you almost feel like like somebody would have got killed in the car because they're trapped in there and you can't get away from the killer because the door got locked or something. Just something. Something, nothing, yeah. Nothing ever happens with it. It's just like we set up this car as a, like its own character almost and then proceed to never use it again. Yeah, it was an odd scene. Yeah. So, let's see. Oh yeah, so we talked about the uh we talked about the arm wrestling and we talked about how he gets beat twice. But then they're like, you know, he's like, I'm gonna do my own investigation. And she's like, Well, I guess I'll do my investigation also. So now we have like these dueling investigations where you think that you're gonna see both of them investigating these crimes, but like you said, you don't see Jana for a while. No. And you know, you're introduced to the detective at the crime scene right after Helga does. And then the cops just count this as an unsolved murder because the only person investigating is Marcus and Gianna. That's it. Like the cops don't even intervene with Marcus and be like, let us do our fucking job. You know, they're just like, fuck it. Well, this is a freebie. Let's just see where this goes. (laughs) Let's just see where this goes. (laughs) So after that, Marcus goes to uh, Carlo's home, and he yeah. meets his meets his mother. Yeah, and she keeps thinking that Marcus is an engineer. Yeah, and he tells her like three different times, "I'm a penis." Did you say penis? I did. I was wondering if you'd catch that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how you stop. And you're like, wait. What? Yeah. No, but he he's, he he tells her multiple times, "I'm a pianist," uh, you know. And this woman's fucking loony as shit, you know. Talking about how she used to be an actress, like fucking honest to god, like Bruce Springsteen wrote like Glory Days after watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like look at the pictures when I was. In my twenties, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, then we see Carlo, and Carlo is Carlo's always like drunk in this movie. It seems like, yeah. So we see Carlos, and Carlos is like, and I'm not going to say what he said because it's you know, but and he calls like, himself a faggot. Okay, that's what he says. Yeah. He's like, I'm drunk, you know, I'm drunk and gay. And which doesn't, once again, doesn't serve any purpose to the story. No, but it it makes Carlo more of an interesting character. Yeah. Because I did want to know more about like his boyfriend, you know, because his boyfriend is, that was another character, you know, the boyfriend reminded me of, um. Did you ever watch, you did, True Detective? Yeah. The first season. Yeah, I've seen most of it. Yeah, uh, when McConaughey goes to the um, the bar and he talks to this interesting character 
who has like a mustache, very feminine, but like <clears throat> the actor, whoever played that part, just, I mean, he kind of steals the scene with McConaughey who yeah. steals every scene, but this actor steals it. The actor's really good, but his character, you're like, oh, I just, I just want to know more about you. It's the same way with, uh, Carlo's boyfriend or fuck buddy. I'm just like, let's just linger on him a little bit. Cause this is, I don't know, just interesting, but we, no, you don't. And you don't see him anymore. And like, no, he's gone. And yeah, and it, that's a character that you could have killed off and like added another kill to the movie. And it would have made sense once you find out who the killer is. Cause then it, it been, yeah, it, cause then it could have been like, they did it because they disap- disapprove of that lifestyle. Yeah, something, something like that. It's just, you know, because when you're watching movies, horror movies in particular, characters get introduced so they can be killed. And and today's horror movies. Well, I, I'd say like even in the 80s, like characters are introduced so they can be killed. So you, you get to meet all the characters and then you establish who your main character is and then you kill off the rest of them in creative and inventive ways. And in this movie, you get people that are introduced and they just disappear. I, like you said, they it, just disappear for the movie. Yeah. And you know what? And and obviously, you know, you know this and I'm just saying it. That's what's so good about these giallos because it doesn't follow that formula. It's Italian. So, you know, they're not really adhering to the Hollywood um, script code. You know, after the scene with uh, Carlo, and I guess I'm assuming it's Carlo's mother. You know, Marcus goes back to his apartment, and then the killer is in his apartment. And this was such a weird scene. This was because he's sitting there. Marcus is sitting there and he's trying to write a musical piece. Yeah. And with his unlit cigarette. Of course. His, it, and he very clearly has a lighter. Yeah. I saw it. Um, but he's writing this piece and like just the geography of the scene is weird because you see the killer walking above him. And I mean, these Italian apartments look amazing, but it, they seem like they're falling apart because it knocks like the stuff from the ceiling on the piano. Yeah. And Marcus is too busy thinking about lighting that cigarette chooses not to, that he has no idea that shit from the ceiling just fell enough to where he'd be like, what's that? Like he had zero acknowledgement, but it is kind of creepy though. This scene, you know, Because he he sees something in the apartment. He grabs like a statue that looks like a weapon. Like this small statue, like it's like this um, human figure, but with a beak. Yeah. That is sharp as fuck. I mean, it looks so sharp. I'd have to look at the statue again. Um, I don't, I remember like the basic shape of it, but I didn't look at it too closely. And it, Nah, I couldn't have been a plague doctor. That just seems out of place. No, nah, it, it, it feels in that vein, though. Yeah. 
<laughs> and this is also where we get introduced to uh, music playing while the killer's around. Because remember they had that song that would play? Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, I think, the first time we actually see that. But the killer is in his apartment, and he tells, the killer tells Marcus, like, I'll kill you later. Yeah, sooner or later, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And he calls Gianni, right? Yeah. He locks the door and calls her while the killer says it to him. And he hears hears a song that's, man, there's some great shots of just, uh, like, physical media. Like, because it's like this old school tape recorder, not tape recorder, but like, what's it called? I really need bone here to tell me what this is called. Uh, It's like a movie reel, but it's not a movie reel. It's audio. I don't know. I don't know. Bone just motioned me to keep talking. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, that's kind of a tall ask, you know? Especially when, um, you know, you're discussing a movie and, uh, the other person draws a fucking blank on what technology they're using. I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but what's it uh, called? I don't know. Do you know? But you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you thought highly enough of me that I would know. And now that I'm, I'm sad because I have to disappoint you because I don't know. Okay. And yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. I do know what you're talking about. I can see it in my head and I have no idea what it's called. It's, it's not a eight track? To, uh, I don't know. I know what an 8-track is, because my mom used to have a meatloaf 8-track. Yeah, yeah, I know what 8-track is, too, because it's, yeah, it's before cassettes. But this is, but anyway, but Argento shows these close-ups of, I don't know, man. I'm fucking 8-tracks. I'm just, I'm pulling straws, man. Did you ever listen to an 8-track? Oh, I'm sure my grandmother, uh, I've heard it once in my life. Yeah, you're not not living until you've uh, listened to Paradise by the Dashboard Life on an 8-track. Oh, I would love that, actually. I would love that so mom, much. Mom, oh man, I've, I've we've talked about this before, but I don't think I've ever actually talked about it on this podcast. But my mom um, was a she was. I thought she was a big Meatloaf fan. I, there for a while, I thought Meatloaf was her favorite artist, but I guess I was wrong because she said it sticks, and her favorite song is Renegade. <laughs> Anyways, which I heard on the radio the other day, actually, too. It came on uh, Sirius XM. Um, but did you call your mom? I should have, but no, I didn't. The, uh, she had this fucking meatloaf, a track of bad out of hell. And I swear that when she would get a car, I don't want to say, I say new car, but I don't mean like new car, like new, new, but like new to her. Yeah. New, new to the family. Cause we were poor, but she would get cars with eight track players. So we could listen to this fucking eight track. When's the last time you heard Paradise by the Dashboard? Like, it, uh, probably within the last year. That song is 
hilarious. That song is like intentionally funny. Like it's so good and so funny. I I recommend everybody going back and listening to it and listening to the lyrics. Oh, it's so funny. It's so goddamn funny. You know, me and Daniel did a duet of Paradise by Dashboard Light at my wedding. <laughs> is there evidence of this? Uh, there may be a video somewhere. I don't know. That's, yeah. It should be a man and a woman, but I, I appreciate the I know gender bending there. Because if you know what the song's about, yeah. It's hilarious two men singing it to each other. Oh, I know, but, you know. Hey, it's karaoke. It's yeah. wedding night. Let's get drunk and sing Islands in the Stream, you know? So, <clears throat> we get a, <laughs> back to Deep Red, we get a scene with a doll hung up by Noose, and the bird's going crazy. And the killer's playing their music. And I, and I think you skipped some. I think you jumped. Maybe. Because isn't that. In, I'm reading the notes. They're written in order. Because he he's able to find out what song this is. And then, like, the guys who are with Helga, the two gentlemen. They tell her to check out this book from, um, it's like an Italian library, but it's a little different. And it's written by this author. And she's talking about this, this house that was haunted. And they would hear this song. He finds out who the author was. It's like Amanda Rigetti. And then he calls Gianna. And he's like, I'm heading there. And that's when I started thinking, okay, Gianna knows where he's going, so Gianna would know. And this author who loves birds, this is the scene, right? This is where she sees the the baby doll hung up by a noose, right? You know, we've forgot to talk about Marcus's um, criminal activity, actually. He steals government property. Because he rips a page out of that book. Oh, shit. Y'all remember that? No, but I was rooting for this guy, and now I I hate him. I forgot about the, uh, I didn't write a note on the library scene, which, you know, I I don't know why I didn't. You got three and a half pages. Yeah. So, yeah, when he's in that library, though, he's sitting there looking at the book, and then he looks around to see if anybody's around him, and he just casually tears the page out of the book. And puts it in his pocket, and it's a picture of the house mm-hmm. that he goes in search of. But yeah, the the scene with the knitting needle, I'm trying to, uh, I just, I'll read you the note as I wrote it. Killer playing music, grabs knitting needle, killed bird. Yeah, well, it's it, you know we 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 cut back to this author who's living in the countryside, and um, she's saying goodbye to like this older lady. I guess it was her cleaning lady. She comes back in, and you know, you know it's the author, but 
that's all you know about her. And she goes back inside and that's when she's, she's hearing like sounds. Yeah. And she goes back inside and she sees the doll hanging up and, uh, she rightfully freaks out cause that's a creepy, uh, image. And yeah, she grabs these needles and she has these two birds cause that's what the cleaning lady and their little bit of dialogue, they were talking about the birds that she has. Yeah. And so how, why this bird leaves the cage and flies straight into the kneading needle because this, this Rigetti character gets scared. She hunkers down like a lot of people do in horror movies. And this bird just commits suicide. Just straight up just kills itself. And... Yeah, she and and her commits suicide. Yeah, and this is when I sort of I don't know who's portraying the killer, like in the scenes. Yeah, I'm assuming it's not the person that it is. The person that it is, but I did notice, like, because they come up behind Miss Rigetti, and they are shorter than Miss Rigetti, and I'm like, okay, well, it's Gianna, you know. Obviously, like all these things are kind of lining up now because we've established because this this kill that happens here is a it's to me it's graphic but not graphic in the way of like Fulci, right? It's not like eyeballs getting plucked out of their sockets or anything like that. But when when this lady gets killed, the killer like is taking her head and driving her face first into the corners of furniture. Like no, 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 no. That's the wrong victim. Is it? Mm-hmm. This killer. Uh, oh no no no! I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Let me let me read you my note. I didn't even take notes, brother. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I read the first part of my note and uh thought it was the other kill. My I'm sorry because there's two kills involving faces. This one shoved her face in scalding water, and then she wrote something on the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is very. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to mess up. This is very Halloween too. And that's Ish. what I thought of too. Yeah. Where the, yeah. uh, only the person that's dying is getting their skin burnt. Cause you this know, one's got a good excuse though. Yeah, but it still had to be hot through those gloves. I, maybe, but Michael Myers wasn't wearing anything. No, Michael though. Myers was not, but he, uh, you know, he survived burning, being burnt alive. So not a fair comparison. True. True. Especially when you find out who the killer is in this one. Yeah. Like, they should have made at least a noise. <laughs> Ow. But the the effect on the person that got their, on the lady that got her face shoved in the scalding water actually looked pretty good. It looked like, it, like real burns, yeah. like it bubbled yeah. up and everything. Like, ugh. But not, not too graphic. If not it had been Fulci, if it was Fulci, those little uh, blisters would have burst. burst. Yeah. 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 And they'd have been oozing. And then somehow found their way to the nipple, which <laughs> would burn off. <laughs> I'm assuming. Marcus, in his quest, he finally he finally actually finds this house that matches the picture in the paper. He finds this house. And he goes to, uh, I guess, talk to the owners or the owner and to get the key. And there's a little girl there. 
and her name is Olga. And this dude, he the the owner or landlord or whatever it is, you know, gives him the keys and he's like, you know, she'll take you up there. She'll take you to this house. You know, you can look around and you're leaving and he calls her back and he's like, wait a minute, you come here right now. And Olga goes over there and he slaps the shit out of her. And you're just like, what the fuck? You know, what just happened? Why'd he slap her? And then she goes back to Marcus so they can go to his house. And you see that there's a lizard on the ground that has a pin shoved through it. So apparently this little girl likes torturing animals, which is just a weird character trait to have. And they tell, and they tell Marcus too, cause he's wanting to go to his house, you know, like, Hey, you need to be careful. That house isn't safe. There's ghosts in it. And they're like, Oh, ghost. Oh, Josh is back now. And he's shaking his head. Like, no, this is, I, I totally forgot about this side, side of a side plot. Yeah, I was just talking this, about Olga the little girl. Slapped, yeah, she got the shit slapped out of her. And you find out that she put a needle through a lizard. She is one of the creepiest kid actors. Like, it's hereditary, and then it's her, like, right below. There's something about this uh, little girl that's so unnerving. Yeah. It matters fuck all to the plot. Right. But you think the movie might go in that direction. It's crazy. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No, you're fine. So we get Marcus going to this house that, that matches the house in the picture. And he gets in there. You know, he's looking around. And eventually he ends up at this wall where it looks like the... uh the plaster's coming off. And so he starts digging at it with his finger. And then he gets a piece of glass and he starts digging at it. And he finally uncovers his picture. And it's like of a little kid uh, stabbing. Well, you, you mm. think it's a little kid stabbing somebody. But then it turns out that once Marcus walks away from it, there's more to the picture he didn't see because he didn't uncover enough. And like a piece falls off. And you see another person. And then... Marcus gets hit in the fucking face with some glass. Yeah. Thankfully, it only cut like the side of his forehead. But it could have been worse. You know, it's when when I watched this movie right before I I put it on, like uh, I watched the trailer, which came with the digital movie. U.S. trailer. Yeah. Even in 1975, for whatever reason, when they cut this trailer for the American audience, they showed everything. Like, they they didn't show who the killer was, but every death, I knew when it was going to happen. I knew how it was going to happen. And, like, this is the one time that the, the trailer sort of edited it real quick to where I didn't see this coming. Like, when the glass breaks. Yeah, and when he's hanging out the window later, yeah, I watched the trailer. I, I was like, "Oh, there's somebody holding him who's about to drop him." That's the only two scenes. So when the glass did fall and it shattered on his face, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he's gonna be fucked up, right? No, he's not. He's all right. <laughs> he's yeah. made of sterner stuff. Well, he's losing Indian wrestling well, matches. He, is. he did do that Indian wrestling. 
Why? What the fuck? Where do you get that? Where do they get that from? It's always been arm wrestling, right? I thought so. We get a. This is the death that I had wrote that I was talking about. So let me. Best scene in the movie. Let me read from you my notes. Now, let me read for you from my notes. Let me say it right. Clear my voice. Yeah. Robot doll attacked. Smashed mouth and corner of furniture. Ouch. Yeah, so this is the scene I was thinking about earlier when I got him confused. When the woman, like, has her face shoved into the corner of these furnitures with her mouth open, and they're just smashing her head repeatedly. And, man, it was like, I said, it's not... It's not graphic in the sense of like, like we said, Fulci graphic, but it's still graphic in the sense that it's like you're watching it and you could almost like feel it. And you're just like, yeah. oh, uh, no. Um, the actor, I don't, you know, we both watched it twice, but this actor who gets it here, obviously he's in his apartment, his magnificent beautiful apartment right Mm -hmm. and uh, he's the one who goes to amanda rigetti's house we got another amateur detective on the job because he goes there and he figures out that she had written something yeah right before she died and he figures it out goes into the bathroom starts running hot water steams it up so we got that little side plot of him being Encyclopedia Brown Jr. But he's back at his house. And this actor, I thought, was the same guy. And it would make sense. And I don't know if you remember it. You remember in New York Ripper, the husband and wife, who the wife liked to oh, yeah, uh, yeah. record. Mm-hmm. You remember what the husband looked like? Vaguely. He looks just like this guy. Different actor. I I was like, oh my god! Like we've never covered DiCaprio or or you know Daniel Day Lewis on this podcast, but we've covered two of this guy's movies. But sadly, no. It, it looked a lot alike. We're a John Saxon podcast. You goddamn right we are, and <laughs> proud of it. Like we're just gonna from here on out. New format, format change, everybody. John Saxon. John Saxon over and over. And if we run out of John Saxon movies to cover, we'll just go back through them again. No, we'll just start covering Jared Leto movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that has some uh, good movies, but. Wait, you don't some, want to watch Urban Legend? For some reason, and I don't know why. Jared Leto reminds me of Aaron. Yeah, I don't see it, but I don't know why. I just like I see Jared Leto and I think of Aaron. Uh, I don't. I could see Aaron singing some Thirty Seconds to Mars song. Lord, I have no opinion on Thirty Seconds to Mars. You don't see the resemblance, though, between Aaron and uh, Jared Leto? I, I, I personally don't, but I see the resemblance between John Saxon and um, Jared Leto. Hmm. That's a shame. 
Yeah. So Marcus goes back to the house and I can't remember. Why is he climbing? Well, he noticed uh, in the pictures that there was a window and there wasn't one when this he went. I Oh, God. Hold on. Uh, let me let me uh, review my notes here for a second. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he. Okay. So he sees a, a room with a window, but. He's trying to get, he's trying to come in through the window then, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's trying to see what's behind it. Yeah. And he drops his flashlight and then he almost falls twice. So we get a scene of him essentially just climbing down mm-hmm. because he almost fell. And so he doesn't even get to the room. He has to go back into the house and he has like a, a pickaxe, right? And he starts smashing this wall down and he finds yep. a secret room. That has a corpse in it. Which. At some point should stink. Well. Can you explain to me. What that is. What that corpse. In terms of the plot. No I don't know. It just. Well they said the house is haunted. So I'm assuming it's just. It ties back to that. Like. This is why people think the house is haunted. I don't know. It's. It reminds me of Edgar Allan Poe, though, because, you know, there was Edgar Allan Poe liked to, uh, you know, seal people up in rooms. Or, you mean his stories or the man? No, his stories. Okay. Well, so yeah, of, you're disparaging one's character. I think it's like, uh, was it the uh, cask of Amontillado where they, the person got walled up alive? Uh, I... I'm not too familiar with Poe's work. I do know, did you, you don't have Netflix, but in the fall of the house of Usher, um, you know, it's, uh, it's all different kinds of Poe's work combined into one big one. And someone does get walled up in that and you need to watch it because it is really good. I'm like, it's just, I don't know if Netflix is so expensive nowadays. I know. It's like $25 to get 4K streaming. Well, give, give me a, a a comparison. Well, for $25 a month with like Hulu, I get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, no- I noticed that Disney Plus is uh, putting R-rated movies on there now. Yeah, they've been doing that here for a while. Well, I do that because we got the, you know, yeah. But uh, like here, they were split between like Disney Plus and Hulu. Like that type of, like Prey went to Hulu, even though Disney owns it. Yeah. That's where they put the Fox stuff, right? Yeah. Except now, like I was on Disney Plus yesterday, just looking around. I didn't end up up watching anything. But like Logan's on there. You know, Logan was the R-rated Wolverine movie. Mm Mm-hmm. It's on there. Um, I should have looked around, seen if they put aliens up on that bitch. Uh, it's it, yeah, it's uh, it's on here, obviously, because they don't, it's not Hulu here. They call it Stars, like the old movie channel back yeah. in the day. That's uh, still a channel. 
Yeah, I don't know what is and what isn't, but yeah, that's what they, uh, it's that and like National Geographic and what else is there? Did you yeah. watch yeah. the trailer for Alien Romulus? Oh, I didn't know it dropped. Yep. Oh, shit. No. Well, it must have dropped in like the last 48 hours. Yeah, it was it was recent. Uh, Who is it? It's it's my boy Fede Alvarez, right? Mm-hmm. I like Fede. I mean, uh, I would be curious to check out this trailer. Does yeah. it give away a lot? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it because I'm curious. Um, and like I enjoyed Prey, so. Well, I just watched Predators again. I enjoy Predators. Uh, I really like Predators. It's my second favorite Predator movie. I don't know why people dislike it. No, I don't either. We've I don't had get this it. conversation because Predators and Terminator Salvation, for some reason, are like the black sheep Un- of these series. Unfairly maligned, yes. Yeah. I was a yeah. I was a big fan of Terminator Salvation, and I was looking forward to that storyline continuing. Mm-hmm. And we well, didn't get that. No, you're gonna you're gonna eat Genesis and you're gonna like it, motherfucker. Or Dark Fate or whatever it was called. I will say this about Dark Fate: it had some pretty, pretty solid action sequences in it. Uh, I'll have to watch it. Then I've never, I haven't watched either of those. Yeah, it's. Um. Now look, I'm not, I'm not a Terminator head, and. You know, but with Genesis, once you made John Connor the bad guy, it's like, well, what are you doing? You know? Like, I'm not even your target audience here, but now you're just, you're trying to be cute for the sake of being cute, you know? I, yeah, you know, and in that, I feel like that's just such a weak Your version looks like a whatever. Um, it's such a it's such a weak cop out, or just like trying to find some kind of hook for your movie. It's like instead of making a good Terminator movie, you're just like, mm-hmm. well, I know what we'll do. We'll make John Connor the bad guy, or we'll kill John Connor at the beginning of this movie and make a new savior for humanity. And it's like in the Terminator movies, we're always about. Saving John Connor. That's what the Terminator movies were. You know, protecting John Connor, who's the savior of the human race. And Terminator Salvation seemed like, and God, we should just do an episode on Terminator Salvation, but Terminator Salvation seemed like the natural progression of the story, you know, especially considering how time was passing in real life. And then just to be like, oh, well, we're going to, you know, make John Connor the bad guy. It was just, it felt lazy. Like tell John Connor's story. Don't don't try to you know shock this or sub, subverting expectations. God, I I hate that phrase too, because that's what that's what people always say when they do something that's not well received or you know it's not what people wanted. We subverted your expectations. We didn't, and they say it after the fact. Yeah, yeah, it's always after the fact. Yeah, it's it's like a. Like the Resident Evil movies, instead of making movies like the game, 
well, we're going to subvert expectations because you already know the story of the game. So we're going to tell a different story. Then don't buy the fucking IP. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't license the IP if you're not going to tell the story. Cause that's what people fucking want. They want the, to want the fucking story from the game. So that's why they're excited about it. They don't want your fucked up vision of, you know, whatever you think it is, you know, and <sighs> Resident Evil is just a real big, you know, offender. But yeah, subverting expectations. Like I said, I, I'm not a fan of that fan of that phase because it's like you said, people always use it after the fact. It's a, you know, you didn't you didn't like this. Oh well, we were subverting expectations. You know, we were trying to give you something that you wouldn't see coming. Sometimes the best course of action is just to give people what they fucking want. No, well, actually, it, it's very true in their statement. You subverted expectations because I expected a decent movie and you gave right. me a shit movie. So I guess you did subvert my expectations. But even with Terminator Genesis, man, it is a um, it's lazy to make John Connor the bad guy. That's lazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's also lazy casting because uh, I like Amelia Clark. I like her in Solo. You know, I, yeah. you know, I'm not even a Star Wars guy anymore i like solo i don't care i liked it it was entertaining Amelia car is good in that she don't work in genesis and then once you cast jai courtney like the the actor who is a flavor of the week who has as much screen charisma as fucking paint drying what are you doing like ah and, and look you're not gonna like dark fate they kill fucking john connor at the oh i know yeah, I know. He's, At the he's, very beginning. Yeah. Like, we're subverting expectations. Now, just give me Terminator Salvation Part 2 or whatever the fuck you mm. want to call it. Because that, that was interesting. Like, where the story was going. He, yeah. you, can't, you can't just keep doing fucking... I guess you could. But I don't know how long you expect to last if you just keep doing time travel. Where it's like, oh, we're coming back in time to do this. And now just... <sighs> I know it's beating also, a dead horse. And also when you do it, you keep pushing off like the future that the Terminator movies predicted. Cause at some point you're, you catch up. It's like back to the future, right? At some point we actually made it yeah. to 2015. Yeah. And you know, same thing in Terminator. Like at some point we get to judgment day, like, and you got there in part three. Well, how bad are the machines at just getting this right if they always have to be going back in time? You know, like, yeah, I mean, it makes them look bad, really. Yeah, because at some point, too, you just be like, well, why don't we just go back to, you know, 1970-whatever, and we'll kill Sarah Connor as a kid. And then there's no John Connor. It is so funny. Yeah, time travel is tricky, though. And I don't, we just turned into a fucking episode about Terminator. Also. No, yeah. And we're going to keep it going just for a little bit longer. It is so funny when you watch like the 84, the original Cameron Terminator, and realize how much that movie is Halloween, but with a sci fi twist. I mean, T-800 is pretty much Michael Myers. Yeah. You know? He really is. But 
Yeah, we can. But no, that alien. Yeah. Was it Romulus? Romulus. Okay. I kind of want to see the trailer. I kind of, I can't tell you the last movie I went in blind though, like completely blind. And I hate trailers, but I have to watch them. It's like a, a sickness. And trailers nowadays, they're, they're going to give everything away. Everything. It's like these editors are competing for a prize. <laughs> you know? So, the house is on fire. The house kitchen is on fire. Oh, fake fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty bad looking. But Marcus is in the house. And he gets, this is after he uh, sees the secret room. He gets knocked out. He gets knocked out. The house catches on fire. By whom? I'm assuming it had to be the killer, right? Finish the job. Yeah, well, I guess they thought that it was just going to burn up, but he gets saved. And I got this wrote down in my notes because it's just, uh, it was funny to me when they were talking about the house burning down and the guy says, roast duck, baby. She says it. Oh, she, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, she. But yeah, roast duck, baby. Like, what? Okay. God bless them. English is their second language. Like, I, I, I'd hate to hear my Italian <laughs> script. So, you had said, like, the girl, the little girl, like, nothing, <clears throat> nothing really happens with her the only other thing like you see with her is she drew a picture that matches what's in the house and and marcus is like well this isn't how do you draw this like where'd you get it from and she's like well i came up with it he's like there's no way you came up with it this is what was in the house yeah and she's like well i seen it i I saw it at school and this little girl, I don't know if this is real or not. She attends the Leonardo da Vinci school. Oh, yeah. I got that wrote down. Jesus. Marcus, Marcus and Johnny went to the Leonardo da Vinci school. How prestigious of a school. Yet, come on, Rome. Let's put a little bit more money in the Leonardo da Vinci school. This some bitch look like Carthage High School. Thank <laughs> God. And then the chalkboard has a drawing of a hanging on there. A lot of hangings in this movie. Eh, not a lot, but the doll was hanging. Now there's a drawing. It's a motif that really don't make any sense either. Yeah. Because nobody gets hung in the movie. Nor do when you find out the killer's past. Yeah. Is there anything like that? No. Well, the killer kind of meets their demise, kind of, with hanging. Well, there's something around their throat. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That was, yeah, we'll get there. So, I notice I, notice I say so a lot. I need to quit saying that. I'm going to say something else. Anywho. Uh, yeah, anywho. <laughs> oh, and uh, like the silence was me trying to think of something and my brain was just not cooperating. I, I'll tell you what I was thinking about, actually. 
was these tacos from this uh, Mexican restaurant over here by my apartment, man. They got some fucking good-ass tacos. They got these brisket tacos that are made for dipping. Mmm. So good. What? Why you gotta tell me shit like that, man? I don't know. Oh, you got all that kick-ass Sweden food? You know, Swedish meatballs? And whatever else y'all have over there? It is so funny, though, because, like... Do I just call it meatballs? Uh, yeah. Just meatballs over here. And, uh, they're nothing special. But it is so funny, though, because it's meatballs and potatoes, you know. What can you grow here? Not much. Uh, a I lot of potatoes. See these meat, I want to see these meatball fields. Well, look, there's a lot of, you know, you can have cows here, you know. Yeah. But it's so funny, though, because, like, they love hard cheese here, right? Hard cheese, you have to cut it, and they love hard bread. Um, a couple of people have even dunked on me being an American and our cheese. But it is funny because I've been thinking, I'm like, y'all love cheese so much, but y'all have never thought to put cheese with potatoes and have cheesy potatoes. It's like, what are we doing? Well, apparently they're not having grilled cheeses either. No, 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 no. Hmm, missing out. I was Look, a they, cheese kick for a while. They don't. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Look, they have these little things that are like hash browns here but they're circular right they're just potatoes that you know if you chopped them up it'd be tater tots you know just yeah and they don't view it like we would view it so i started buying them i'm like shit this is like a little hash brown i'll throw this shit on the stove and throw some because they do sell burger slice cheese yeah throw some burger slice cheese on that i got a cheesy hash brown with like bacon and eggs, like how, this is an old country. Come on, let's get it together. Like, <laughs> so that I don't know. They don't have the. I'm taking it then that they don't have the tater tots like you can get at Waffle House, scattered, smattered, or what? Not scattered. Uh, God, no. what were the different fucking? I know smothered, smothered and covered. Yeah, smothered and covered, but there's other ones too because each word represented a different ingredient that you could get on top of the hash brown. No, the, the only place you can get hash browns that I've seen here is at an actual place that's sort of close to us called hash Texas Longhorns. Texas Longhorns. Yeah. Pretty good place. Like, that's the only place you can get like a proper chicken sandwich. Yeah. You have a pretty good spicy chicken sandwich, uh, tater tots. Um, couple of texas beers oh yeah they got like big steer horns on the really? walls i mean it's yeah it's proper like trying what, to be texas what texas beers it's only one but i, I forget it's it's not like you know well it must not you be shinerbach because you'd remember no that. yeah I, it's not shinerbach it wasn't lone star apparently because you'd have remembered that wait a minute it wasn't it wasn't eight was it no it's it's um it's some kind of hazy lager. Uh, yeah. He's like, we're going to have this place, Texas Longhorn, and we're going to have one Texas beer. That shit's expensive, man, to ship that shit. Yeah, I imagine That shit's so. expensive to eat there, you know? 
Yeah. Have you ever been to Texas Day Brazil? Repeat that? Texas Day Brazil. It's a steakhouse where they, you get like unlimited food. Like you pay like a flat rate, you pay like $50 a person. But then you have like these cards on your table where it's green on one side and red on the other side. And when you have it green, they'll come to your table with these different meats, like on these uh, sticks. And they'll be like, oh, do you want some filet mignon? And you'll be like, yeah. And they'll cut you some filet mignon out. Or they might come by with a ribeye or they might come by, you know, with just like a sausage or something or these little sausages. And I don't know why I'm talking about this because this doesn't do it the fucking movie. But since we got to talking about food, have you ever had lamb? Yes. Yeah. So they, they have it at like Texas Day Brazil, man, where you can get it sliced off on your plate. Shit's so good. And succulent. Yeah. Um, and is this where y'all went for your Christmas party? No, 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 no. We went to a hibachi place. Oh, okay. No, I took Bailey one time because like Texas Day Brazil is one of those places like I like to go every now and then, but it's it's not a place where I want to go by myself. Yeah, you know, like a seem, group. Yeah. I don't want to seem like some fatty sitting there just, you know, getting meats piled up in front of me by myself. You don't want to come across like combo book guy and Simpsons. Yeah, there you go. Even though before long we'll probably have the same hair. I'm going to grow me out a little ponytail. Wait, he's not bald, is he? I thought he was balding. Yeah, maybe. All right. Next note. Baby. Anywho. No, I don't, Dalton. I don't agree with that comment. Yes, next note. Jonna was stabbed. Yeah, at the Da Vinci School. Um, and it kind of, I don't know, the, the way Argento frames it is you still kind of think she's the killer. Even yeah. in the school. Or at least I did. Because she's like, I hear something. And he doesn't hear it. So it's like, oh, she's looking for an excuse to go yeah. off. She goes and, you know, these horror movies, I swear. Like, she goes in this room that is pitch black to make a phone call. <laughs> pitch black. Like, no light coming from anywhere. And then she hears her name. And then... Our hero, Marcus, finds her stabbed. Yeah, and and then we get the reveal of what you're led to believe is the killer, and, and I'm an idiot. You know, sometimes my brain doesn't work. So I wasn't able to put two and two together right away because I'm a fucking moron. So it's revealed that the killer is Carlo. He's at the Da Vinci school and, you know, he's, he's telling Marcus, he's like, I told you to stay out of it. Why couldn't you just stay out of it? I told you not to get involved. Mm. And Carlo. And I'll, <laughs> uh, here's where I, I say I'm an idiot. 
is the first kill in the movie couldn't have been Carlo. But I didn't think about it at the time when they revealed it to be Carlo. But that first kill couldn't have been Carlo because Marcus, we saw Carlo in the frame. Yeah, Marcus was talking to Carlo too mm -hmm. when the shit happened. But like the movie did a good job of making me forget about that. So when I saw it was Carlo, I'm like, oh shit, it's Carlo. And then you're kind of, you're kind of like, okay, well, I guess I could see him being the killer because the man's obviously got some problems. Like there's something like he's perpetually drunk. He, uh, you know, he kind of gives you the idea that he ha hates himself. No, he's self-loathing for sure. Yeah. So you get, you kind of get that idea. And so you're just like kind of drawn in. You're like, okay, yeah, I could see Carlo being the killer. Like he has these differing factors that could drive him to kill. And he's, he's came in the movie sporadically, very yeah. sporadically. Yeah. I mean, the only time he's in the movie is when Marcus is actively looking for him. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we get, some, no. we get some cops that show up. And these cops are the worst fucking shots. Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. But this, if my favorite scene was that guy died, because I do think the little baby toy running in the room it's just creepy and well done mm -hmm. if that's my favorite scene this is my second favorite scene where carlo escapes yeah he's it, obviously still drunk uh, well never sobered up i mean just perpetually drunk yeah so carlo escapes the cops by climbing over a wall and these cops seven shots miss he gets on the other side of the wall and he's still sort of stumbling. And you see this truck coming. Mm. He misses the truck. He kind of rolls to the side of it. I mean, these Italian drivers could not be fucking bothered by a, a <laughs> pedestrian. <clears throat> and they're carrying like, um, not like rebar, but kind of like rebar. Yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Yeah, and it's hanging out the back. And it hooks him. There's one that has a hook at the very end, hooks his feet. These guys keep driving mm -hmm. and take a turn. Well, obviously, first off, like you can, I can only imagine how skinned up he's getting, you know? Yeah. Like his back is just shredded. Fulci would love to show you that. Argento oh, yeah. doesn't. Oh yeah. You see like skin hanging off and shit. Yeah. But Argento does show you him going head first into a curb when they take a turn. Mm -hmm. but not only that like he's fucked up there yep. he's fucked up then you have like the driver who will la later come to Haddonfield in Halloween <laughs> 2 is <laughs> 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 uh, American tourists there <laughs> they don't hit the brakes till the back tire is fucking on his face <laughs> it's and his head, man, just gets crushed by these fucking tires. Dude, it is, it is gnarly. And you're, yeah, it was like, holy shit. Like when you watch that scene, just like, cause it, it's like you said, him getting drugged and then smashing his head on the side of the fucking curb is yeah. bad enough. But then this fucking vehicle just pulls up and like crushes his head and it's like, whoa. And it pops like a balloon. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, 
Oh, and and I'm thinking like, okay, movie's over because I'm I'm with you. I'm like, well, that don't really make sense, but this movie kind of don't make a lot of sense anyway. Just yeah. when you start thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, you know. And I, at this point, I'm doing a little clock watching because this is for what it is. It's an hour forty. It's kind of it's a bit on the longer side. Yeah, when it comes to like a whodunit slasher, you mm-hmm. know. Um. When it, and I think it feels longer too because of what you said earlier too. There's a like when you're watching a horror movie, you almost have like two expectations, right? Either the movie's just gonna it's gonna be like an hour of not shit happening, but then it's gonna be thirty minutes of rapid fire kills, or you're gonna get the kills kind of. And I'll use Nightmare on Elm Street as an example because the the first Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't have a huge body count, but it paces or it spaces out the kills in a way. To where you're not just like, well, shit, when's something going to happen? And you're not sitting with the characters for a long time, just yeah. um, wandering about. But yeah, this movie, you know, there's like 45 minutes with nobody dying. You know, it just almost becomes like this uh, guy trying to solve a murder. Yeah. You know. But yeah, so you're... We're thinking that the movie's over, like you said, because Carlo's dead. So what else is there left? And we find like, out she's going to be okay. Gianna's going to be okay. Yeah, Gianna's going to okay. Yeah, that's right. They have a very, uh, reminds me of G.I. Joe, the movie. Remember when Duke, they thought yeah. Duke was dying, and at the end of the yeah. movie, they're like, we just got word Duke's going to be okay. You know why they did that, right? Because of Optimus Prime dying and all the kids yeah. getting upset. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I, I did show... Chris has never seen the original Transformers movie, the 1985 movie. Uh-huh. So I showed him like the very, not the very end, but close to the end. I was like, this is the best scene in the movie, Chris. It's where uh, Hot Rod gets the Matrix of Leadership and you hear Optimus's voice saying, rise, Rodimus Prime, and he changes. And then you go into the song, uh, The Touch. You've got the touch. Dun, dun. You've got the power. Yeah. And then he turns into Rodimus Prime. And that has nothing to do with this movie, but I love that scene. When's the last time you've seen Boogie Nights? It's been a while, but I know that that's the song that Mark Wahlberg sings. He's like, there's magic yes. in the tapes. He's like, well, then pay me the money and I can give you the tapes. It's like, we can't get the money until you give us the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now, yeah. I, that's what yeah. I tell people, too. I'm like, did you watch Boogie Nights? And if they're like, yeah, well, like we saw Mark Wahlberg singing, that's from fucking Transformers the movie. Yeah. Stan Bush. Is that who does it originally? Yeah. Is he from a... Uh... A band, or is it? Oh, he's no, got to be. I have no fucking idea, dude. I just know that that scene in Transformers always gets me. It gives me like chills. It's like, yes, Rodimus Prime, kick Galvatron's I'll, ass. Yeah. And then he's like, light our darkest hour, and then the lights start shooting out, and Unicron gets destroyed. I haven't seen it in forever. Oh, well. Then we get the reveal that the killer wasn't Carlo. No, yeah. It was his mom. <laughs> and I can't remember. Did she actually give any reasons why? No, I don't think. No, she I mean, just... 
it it uh this be damned this 411 65 year old woman is our killer and it and you get a flashback of when carlo was dressed like a a schoolboy in the most schoolboy outfit looking like a little page yeah and his you know and his parents are fighting and he's listening to that children's song and the dad threatens to something send her back to the crazy house and then he walks up he's walking up to his son you know he loves his son Mm -hmm. and uh she comes at him with a butcher's knife a butcher knife i don't think many butchers own one knife. I think it's just a butcher knife. Uh, and she kills him in front of the sun. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where the drawings come from. That's what he's, that's what he's, yeah. that's probably why he's an alcoholic now. Probably so. No idea why she's killing now. No, really. None. Uh, and it's, and there's no like connection to the, any of the victims. There's nothing that connects all the victims together. No. Other, well, no, there's besides no. Helga who kind of, pointed a finger at her and be like, I, I smell death on you, but yeah, but yeah, that one, but like, I don't, I don't, yeah, there's no motive. There's no reason why she's killing. She's just killing. And then, you know, she, obviously she tries to kill uh, Marcus, our hero who still hasn't lit his cigarette. You know, he's just carrying it around. I think he just it's likes just, to feel of it. Yeah. It's his lucky cigarette. Yeah. But she, she has a pretty gruesome death. And I don't mean gruesome as in like graphic, but just like it's gnarly the way she fucking goes out. Because she's got this, this like necklace on and she gets it hung in the elevator. And Marcus starts the fucking elevator and you see this chain tighten around her neck. And you're like, oh, maybe she's going to get strangled. Oh, no. Nope. No, no, we don't stop there. You see blood come out of the neck, and all of a sudden you start seeing the fucking chain go through the neck. It's it's so crazy because back when we were living together, uh, the movie The Counselor had come out. And do you know the movie? No. It was uh, like... It was one of those movies that I would do a blind buy on. Yeah. And I'd do a, it was just a Cormac McCarthy script. You know, he didn't write a novel. He just wrote the script. Ridley Scott directed it. Brad Pitt, Michael Fassbender, Javier Bardem, Cameron Diaz, Penelope Cruz. I'm like, sign me up. hear about this. Yeah. It bombed. I put it on one night in my room and uh, I get 10 minutes in and I just, I fall asleep and I wake up to the end of the movie and spoiler alert for anybody who's never seen the counselor even me I've, I've never gone back and watched it because this one scene fucked me up so bad uh brad pitt's his character's walking down the street at the very end and it's about drugs so obviously like you cormac mccarthy ridley scott you know it's going to get by me so and brad pitt's got this suitcase with him now, I don't even know because I just woke up. I'm like, okay. And these guys run up behind Brad Pitt and they throw up 
a razor wire noose on it that has a thing at the back that tightens. And once they throw it on him, Brad Pitt knows what's up, his character. He's like, no, no. He drops the suitcase, puts his hands up to stop it, but it's continually tightening. So you see it tighten around his neck while his fingers are right here. It pops off his fingers, Mm. cuts through him, and then cuts through his fucking head. It is so, like, it's insane. It's insane that, like, this entire scene, I cannot believe, like, they didn't make him cut it. Maybe I was watching the unrated version. You know how they do that? Yeah. It's graphic. It's haunting. Because it just the scene of it cutting through his fingers to eventually cut off his neck, and it pops, it's, Pops his fucking head off. That's what this scene reminded me of because it's just like, you know, that necklace. This this lady's wearing like the strongest, sharpest necklace ever. Yeah. You know, just the fact that this necklace didn't just, you know, pop off. But it just cuts through her. And, and then it's Argento. And they do this a couple of times in this movie that I thought was pretty gross. They do a quick shot. They show it cut through her neck. And then they just, Argento does a quick shot of yellow stuff coming out of her mouth or something before her head pops off. So. And that's the movie. That is the movie, yeah. And, and my only other note was credits roll. And I love this. And I'm surprised Tarantino hasn't done it because it's very 70s. Credits are rolling up, not down. And it says, you have been watching Deep Red. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool, man. Pretty cool. I'm going to go first this time. You're going to go second. Because I think you went first last time. Jesus. Like kids here. Yeah, we are. This is a child's podcast. (laughs) Let's play rock, paper, scissors for it. Rochambeau, (laughs) baby. Yeah. Well, we're going to do Cartman rules. Kick you square in the nuts. first. Did you ever see that episode of South Park? I did not. No, <laughs> did I didn't know where you were going. There's like a whole episode where pa- Cartman's like, let's Rochambeau for it. I'll go first. And, he, and instead of playing like rock, paper, scissor, he just kicks people in the nuts. <laughs> like Bobby Hill. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on at the end of the episode, he's like, let's Rochambeau. And he runs into somebody that knows what he's doing. And so he kicks Cartman in the nuts. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So deep red. Um, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I don't know where it would rate. Like as far as I haven't really thought about it, like you did, um, where it rates compared to Tenebrae, Suspiria, or any other like Argento movie. Um, but I did enjoy it. I had fun with it. Um, it does at times, like you said, it feels like it kind of drags on because you know you just you're getting a lot of exposition and not a lot happening, but when things do happen though, like it's an enjoyable movie. Um, I, you know, Marcus as a main character, he doesn't just like, there's not like a whole lot he does, but he's easy to remember, Mm -hmm. you know? So you can like, if you've seen him a still shot of this movie and you saw Marcus, you know, you'd be like, Oh yeah, it's deep red. Whereas if somebody showed me like a still shot of Tenebrae, I may not 
you know, catch it right off the bat. The set pieces, I love the sets in this movie. They're just so beautiful and like they're so grand. Like when you get this, like at the beginning of the movie, when you've got Carlo and Marcus talking outside and you got like the little mm. restaurant bar off to the side. You've got this big open area with this, you know, amazing architecture. And I think another, and I think what really helps set it off too, is that there's nobody out there. Like you see other people in the restaurant bar, but you don't see anybody walking out on this area where these two guys are talking. So it kind of gives you this sense of like a wide open space, but also isolation. Um, so really, really love the, the sets in this movie. Uh, I like the kills. You know, they, um, they were graphic enough to where you could just be like, Ooh, God, that looks like that would hurt, but not to the point where we're just lingering on it for the sake of gore. Like we, you know, like Fulci does, which, you know, once again, if, if that's your thing, you know, cool, then you're going to love Fulci movies. But if you're, if you're one of the the people that, you know, doesn't need to see all that, then deeper would be more your style because it's not as graphic. Um, like I said, enjoyed the music that Goblin did. I had fun with the movie. I'm going to, um, and yeah, and it tricked me at the end too, because when it revealed Carlo as the killer, I was like, oh, well, it's Carlo. I guess that makes sense. And then you find out it's not Carlo. So like it succeeded in that part where it faked me out with like the killer reveal and like, oh shit, he's not the killer. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause we, we, the movie doesn't really, <clears throat> you just see it in the back, but that bar looks so fucking cool does it not mm -hmm. it's got this diner feel to it because i thought yeah. it was a diner yeah but apparently it's a bar and it's just like it's so out of place which you would think I, I mean i've never been to rome but like it's got this like i said like it's just it looks like a diner which you would see like in new york city movie from the 80s that's just like on this street it's just a diner yeah. and it's open 24 hours and it, and this like blue lights. It might be called blue something. So cool. Uh, but this movie, it is, um, you know, I've only seen three Argento movies and I know like towards the later part of his career, um, his movies aren't as well received, but everything I want to see his stuff before he really got into Giallo as well. But everything yeah. from here, the mid eighties, late eighties, sign me up for it because, um, I don't know, like hit the colors, the way he moves the camera, where he places the camera. It's, it's, it's fucking art. Mm -hmm. It is. Go ahead. I know, no, I was agreeing with you. I didn't even, I, and I thought the same thing, like with the camera shots. I just, for whatever reason, didn't say it in my review. But yeah, you're right. Like, the camera work is beautiful. Mm hmm. And 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 all three of the all three of his movies that I've seen, and uh, the movies are beautiful. Goblin, I mean, all these elements, and you know, I've said this before. Like when after I watch a movie, 
Like there's probably like a half a star that could go either way afterwards. Like catch me on a certain day and I'm going to say this, but it's usually a half a star. It's usually not a whole star. It's a half a star. This, I am going to say three stars. Um, the payoff doesn't pay off. Story's a little weaker than it's a lot weaker compared to Tender Break and um, Suspiria, you know. Um, the old lady being the killer, it, 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 it's kind of a wet fart. Yeah, I think they did a, they did a good job with the fake out, but I think that the reveal of her being the killer is a little underwhelming, especially considering the physicality that was involved in some of the kills. Mm -hmm. I think. I, I mean, she was slamming that dude's head yeah. into like, yeah. Well, I think that's why they had the scene with the arm wrestling was to establish that the killer could be female. Maybe, but Gianna was 20 years younger than her. Yeah, but you're not supposed to think about all that. I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, in hindsight, if you're like, well, maybe, you know, um, and there's no motive per se. Yeah. And like I said, I watched this again. It's probably three and a half, you know. But Tenebrae, Suspiria, those are like four, four and a half star movies. I mean, and if this is like Argento's, if, if this is my least favorite Argento of the three that I've seen, that's pretty fucking good. Because, yeah. I mean, I did enjoy it. Now, which which version? Did you watch the last drive-in version? Of this? Yeah. No, I watched uh, watched it digitally. Oh, yeah, me too. Wait a minute, did you watch it off my iTunes? No. Oh, well, no. I was say, I own this movie. I... No, no, I did. Oh, okay. Uh, like you were going to call Apple or something. No. Wait, did you watch it off my iTunes? Mm -hmm. it's, my, it's my movie. I paid for it. I can loan it to who I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. Shit, man. <laughs> but I, I, this is a movie that I won't I think Arrow released like a yeah that's where I got a nice from. but like a physical copy you know oh, like yeah. I won't you know I want these giallos physically I want to touch them and take them to the bathroom and Caress do them. things with them yeah you know. oh sweet deep red how I mm. miss thee oh man alright so three stars for you three and a half stars for me um, that was our final Jalo movie. We'll come back to it, I'm sure, because there's just so much more to cover. But obviously, we're moving on to our next little block. And I picked Jalo. Josh's turn to pick the subject matter. And Josh, you are picking. I'm picking werewolves. Oh, I was going to do a yeah, general, but you sorry. I know. Well, we can do it again. Yeah. No, the moment's passed. Yeah. You can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. The monkey's out of the bottle, man. Little or pineapple express. Um, yeah, and yeah, the three movies we're gonna cover. We can go ahead and say it. Fuck sure. it. It's uh, I pick two. You pick one. I'm picking um, Silver Bullet, which I know so many podcasts have covered. Um, but it's just fun. It's mm -hmm. fun, and I pick Dog Soldiers. Um, and you pick the howling. Yep. So it should be a good time. For us. I actually have another werewolf movie I have to cover. 
So, because uh, me and Daniel, when we finish up our Universal Monsters, the last one we're doing is the Wolfman. Okay. Yeah. What What's his name? Talbot. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But <sighs> that that is it. We thank everyone for listening. Um, I know we haven't done this at the end of a podcast in a while, but maybe we should. Uh, just remind people like you can find us on Instagram, very unreasonable things. You can find us on Twitter at V U T podcast. Um, we even have a Facebook group that we don't post in. Uh, but yeah, you know, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, interact with us. You know, if there's like certain movies you want covered, I mean, we're open to suggestions. You know, we, we may laugh at your suggestion and be like, ah, fuck that. We're not watching that shit. Or we may be like, man, that person's got a good idea. Let's cover that. I don't know. Josh doesn't know. There's no way of knowing. Some things are unknowable. Just, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we do. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>